the Oakdale Christian Centre podcast. This is the second part to our short series on prayer in the Bible. In this recording, Dave looks at the keys to effective prayer. The main reading is Joel chapter 2. Amen. Great chapter. Um, so we were just looking at prayer last few weeks and um, last week we looked at Joshua, didn't we? A great need. He came to a great God and there was a great victory. Hallelujah. Again, and I, I, I did write it down somewhere, but uh, you, you can count it if you want. There are over 650 prayers in the Bible. Um, she said, I don't believe you, Dave. Well, go and count and come back to me. Uh, but if you notice, when we, they begin to pray, they always begin with the Lord himself. And of course, last week, uh, Joshua started with the Lord. He was sovereign. He's omnipotent. He's transcendent. That means he's above and beyond. But he's also a personal and faithful God. He's a covenant-keeping God. And when he prayed, thankfully, that great victory, wasn't it? The battle is not yours, but it is the Lord's. And... Um, Many, uh, of course, we said last week he was inspired and uh, he was uh, influenced by what had happened in the past and the promises of God, the word of God as he was standing on. And that's nothing, we, nowhere else to go really but there. But prayer is what the Lord desires, Lord longs for. Someone said prayer is the key in the morning and the boat of the evening. I like this one for you sowers. A day hemmed in prayer is less likely to come unraveled. Mm-hmm. That was a good one. Um, uh, this is Charles Finney. This is great. Prayer bears the soul in an atmosphere of divine presence. I like that one. Into the presence of God. Daniel would rather spend a night with the lions than miss a day of prayer. Mm-hmm. That was a good one. Listen to this. This is a really uh, poignant, really, for us in, in the Western world. The one concern of the devil is to keep Christians from praying. He fears nothing from prayerless studies, prayerless work, prayerless religion. He laughs at our toil, mocks at our wisdom, but he trembles when we pray. Mm. He trembles. Why? Because it's all about the Lord. Then we are looking to him, we are longing for him, we are dependent on him. And instead of us looking at ourselves, and the devil loves us, because his, his, his sin was what? Pride. One thing prayer does, it roots out pride. Because we're coming to the Lord and say, Lord, I need you. This situation is too big for me, I need you. This, it, it, all these things. So uh, tonight is, is, is um, title is Keys, it's a good one, Keys to Effective Prayer, an answered prayer. All that the Lord would answer our prayers, but he does always answer us, we know that. Um, not as we would like so so often. One of the disappointments you can feel uh, when you read the word of God and, and, and uh, certainly the prophets is the people of God did not spend time with him. Um, it's a verse we'll, we'll look at in a moment. We're not going to read it, but I'm just reading about a man called Praying Hyde and, and he, he, the, the one verse said, Give the Lord no rest. Give yourself no rest and pursue. We'll come back to that verse. Listen, listen to Isaiah, Isaiah 43, 20, 24. But you have not called upon me, O Jacob, and you have, and you have been weary of me, O Israel. You have not brought me the sheep for the grand offerings, nor have you honoured me with your sacrifices. I have not caused you to serve with grain offerings, 
nor wearied you with incense. You have brought me no sweet cane with money, nor have you satisfied me with the fat of your sacrifices, but you have burned me with, with your sins. You have wearied me with your iniquities. I read that today and thought, oh, Lord, forgive us. You've not wearied me by your coming and by your prayers. Um, do you know those people that uh, um, like persist and come and, uh, and was the promise, don't knock, knock on, uh, uh, weary your neighbour, go there all the time, give him some space because he won't want you to come. Um, and the Lord is saying, you haven't wearied me by coming and mourning and groaning and talking to me. No, you wearied me with your sins. You burdened me with those things. And um, that's and you can, you can feel the heart of God. Come, come and seek me. Come and spend time with me. Ezekiel. They looked for someone among them who would build up the wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land, so I would not have to destroy it. But I found no one. So I will pour out my wrath on them and consume them with my fiery anger, bringing down on, the, on their own heads all they have done, declares the Sovereign Lord. Again, the Lord is looking, isn't he? Um, it, it's, it's something we can't get our mind around. Of course, he's, he's God, he's sovereign, he's um, omnipotent, but he's chosen to use the church. He's chosen to use you and me in his purposes. That's amazing, isn't it? And you think, why did, Lord, I don't know why you did that. Um, <laughs> uh, but he's, he has, and he's caused us to be people that can intervene, can intercede and change circumstances, change uh, even if you if you like the eternal destiny of many many people. Now that takes that again that brings a weight of responsibility. Um, this is again we not this is not a, a social club, is it? No, we, God has given us we know who we are, and He's He's given us an activity and a community uh, to influence. And um, see, when God saved us, He He, he made us. The Bible is called. Called, used to call it the priesthood of all believers, which means that I have direct communication with the Lord. I was in a in a funeral on um, Monday and uh, Tuesday, and uh, it was um, Iris's sister. I don't know what she knows about the Lord. I don't know. She said, "Oh, I want to chat to you." She said, "I've sinned." I said, uh, "I ain't no priest. I don't take confession." I said. Confess to him, I said. I don't know if she was joking, but I said, no, I, I am no priest uh, in that sense, as uh, there and son, but I am a priest, and so are you. Mm -hmm. Why? Because I have, if I know the Lord, I have direct communication with him. That's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. and of course, we, we have so many strange ideas. Listen to this, let's make sure we know that's true. Dave, you're not making it up. Let's read the word of God. 1 Peter 2, 4 and 5. To whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious, ye also, as lively stones, are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. He's made us a royal priesthood. <coughs> Not just any priests. Royalty. Mm. Bless the Lord. Ooh. If you forget anything else tonight, you are royalty. Mm. And you have direct access to the King of Kings. Not the King Charles, mm. but the King of Kings. That's so amazing, isn't it? Absolutely amazing. So, but again, that, that stirs our heart. But if we forget that, we then forget that our greatest um, privilege, 
responsibility is intimacy with him. God wants us to be intimate. That's why he said, come to me. And you can, you can feel the disappointment in, in, the, in, the, in the prophets where they were turning to this idol and that idol. He said, what are you doing? You're making that piece of wood and you're putting this and you're nailing it down so it doesn't fall over. The other piece of wood, you, you're making a fire with it. He said, how ridiculous. He said, you're not even using your, any reason there. But the God of heaven... The God, he said, you're not coming to me and, and pouring your heart out to me. And of course, our great example of prayer and of consistent prayer and faithful prayer and being intimate with the Lord, of course, is Jesus. Um, if Jesus needed to talk to Father, then me and you need to talk to Father as well. He's, he's our great example. We know this verse, uh, Mark one thirty-five, when uh, our friend Joshua Paul came nearly 30 years ago now. From South Korea. I used to read this every morning. Mark 135. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Very early in the morning, a great while before it was like Jesus went off and spent time with Father. Luke 6, 12-13. Now it came to pass in those days that he went out to turn around to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. And when it was day, he called his disciples to himself and from them he chose twelve whom he also named apostles. Jesus spent the whole of the night, all of the night praying for those disciples who he would choose, of course. So there's our great example. But first, first, um, uh, thing I want to say is God gives us a burden a weight um, something that grips us it could be different things depending on, on who we are but it, it always brings us to that place where we need to go to him um, and uh, we see that through the, through the word of God different different burdens, that different weight that drove people to Jesus, <laughs> drove them to their knees and uh, Thankfully, God uses different burdens to get us into his presence, ultimately, really, to do a work in us. Remember, we talked about Jacob last week. Um, Jacob's burden was his brother. That's the, he went into God's presence because he knew he was going to meet his brother. His brother threatened to kill him. So that was his, heart, that was his burden. But God's, God's burden, God was wanting to bring him into, into his presence to do a work in his life, to change him, change his name, change his nature. You see, God will do anything to get our intimacy. He really will. And uh, that's, that's what he's causing us. And, and some, of us, um, some of us are optimists, aren't we? Sometimes, oh, everything is... I'm not an optimist, I must be honest. Um, and uh, we, can, we can not see clearly what's going on. Uh, let me just throw a few things out. These are, these are statistics I got a number of years ago, so they're not going to be... They not, won't improve. Um, but when, when we, we say, well, I haven't got a burden, listen to some of these statistics. We, are, we live, sadly, now in not a God-filled uh, nation, but a godless nation. One in ten young, of young people feel their life is meaningless. A quarter, uh, between 16 and 25-year-olds, uh, are honestly say they're depressed. Family life is broken down, and that's where God uh, has, has longed to bring protection and provision and, and hope. And, and that's why he said he hates divorce. He hates breaking up of uh, of a family unit. Abortion, we're well, we just passed 10 million since 1967. That's a generation, isn't it? 10 million people. Um, so 
for us who don't see things sometimes, just, just open our eyes, isn't it? See, these statistics begin to be a burden on us. Say, Lord, what is happening? What is happening? Um, I, I just, again, on YouTube, you flick things come up, didn't it? And I, just a chap, they were, he was interviewing, he was outside the Synod, and he was interviewing um, one of the chaps, and he had his rainbow thing, and he's, he's a vicar somewhere. And, 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 and the boldness and the brazenness and, and not even a concept of that which he's doing is wrong. That's a frightening place to be. When you, when you, that, that's the, you, you, then you're deluded past mm. conscience. Your conscience begins to be seared. Now that's where we are. Now that's not outside the church. Mm. That's within the church. And that, so that, wait, the church, well, when we say, oh, you know, that church is doing well, well, in the grand scheme of things, not so. In the grand scheme of, of society, church is diminishing, isn't it? Um, in 10 years' time, probably, say 15 years' time, there will be probably just two churches left in Oakdale. Church of A. Wales will always have a church because people like a little bit of religion. Sadly, the other two churches, we're praying for them, the Lord will do a work in them, but if the Lord doesn't, they won't be open. Uh, as I said the other day, the chapel in Trinet, when I grew up in, when my great-grandfather or great-great-grandfather built, is closed. Um, and so that's where we are. See, so when we, that, the, that, that should bring a burden on us, whether it's, it's uh, our children, our family, the, and that the Lord is maybe specific to some of us, that will cause us to be a burden where it will drive us to him. Now, for us who are pessimists, oh, and the, the, we, oh nothing can happen. <laughs> it's all doom and gloom. Always remember the Lord is sovereign. Just before Wesley came on the scene, we were headed towards a revolution like, like France. Just before Asa and Hezekiah and Joash and Josiah, the great kings of Judah, they were preceded by some of the most awful kings. And uh, so when, for us who are optimists, let's open our eyes and see the great need, the great burden. For us who are pessimists, remember God is sovereign. He promised to pour his spirit on all flesh. He will, his heart's desire is to save so that, again, causes our hearts to be stirred. Now, the burden, and we see burdens um, in the Bible. Let's, let's read a couple. Um, here's, here's Abraham, Genesis 18, 2025. And the Lord said, because, the, because of the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because of their sin is very grievous, I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the cry of it, which has come up before me, and if not, I will know. And the men turned their faces from thence and went towards Sodom, but Abraham stood yet before the Lord. And Abraham drew nigh near and said, Wilt thou also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Perhaps there be fifty righteous within the city. Wilt thou also destroy it and not spare the place for fifty righteous that are therein? That be far from thee to do after this manner, to slay the righteous with the wicked, and the righteous should be as the wicked, that be far from thee. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? So, Abraham, friend of God, it's a great epitaph that, isn't it? Friend of God, felt the burden. What was his burden? His family, isn't it? Lot was down there, and the Lord was said, I'm going down there, and if it's as bad as I I've, know it is, I'll give him one more chance. I'm going down, if it's bad, it, I'm going to destroy the place. 
um, and we know lots what's going on down there. And uh, Abraham felt the burden. Mm. And what did he do? He took a stand and he interceded. He stood in the gap uh, and that burden was weighty. Um, and, and he became bold, didn't he? A burden, a burden when we get into the gospel, we become, become bold. Lord, please. You he got him down to 10. Couldn't find 10 righteous people in the place. That's how bad it was. And Lot had a family there as well. And Lot had influence, very little influence, no influence at all, obviously. Um, uh, but that was the burden, the burden. Um, how about Nehemiah? Nehemiah 1, 1 to 4. The words of Nehemiah, son of um, Achaliah, in the month of um, Kislev, in the twelfth year, while I was in the citadel in Susa, sorry, Anna, Ananiah, one of my brothers, came from Judah with some other men, and I questioned them about the Jewish remnants that had survived the exile, and also about Jerusalem. They said to me, those who survived the exile and are back in the province are in great trouble, are in great trouble and disgraced. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burnt with fire. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Again, that burden which brings brokenness. When we see the, the walls broken down, the gates burnt, and the people in disgrace, that's a great picture of our nation, isn't it? Where once mm -hmm. uh, God was extolled, a nation was blessed, God is pushed to the side. Um, and uh, uh, when Nehemiah heard about it, about the land, his land, his nation, uh, he broke him, broke him. The burden was so heavy, it broke him. And uh, that's our next. The burden should come to a place of brokenness. Um, we talked about brokenness before. Brokenness it means to be uh, broken, uh, crumbling, crushed in a sense, bursting, uh, contri contrition. Ultimately, dependence, submission, obedience, the priority of God in his ways and his word. And really, ultimately, God's heart. God's heart. And God's heart is broken. And uh, when God wants to break us, he's, he's, he's trying to make us like him. And so he brings us to certain places where we are broken over situations. And uh, but that brokenness is not in an end of itself. It's to bring us into his presence where he can make us more like him. We talked a bit about last week. We all had different issues in our life, different things, issues and circumstances that have broken us. We've been before the Lord and we wept. But that's a good place to be because God is doing a work in us. God is bringing us more like him. And God wants us to rest in his presence. Um, when we talk about that, we um, that verse, Isaiah 62, it is, 6 to 7. Um, and... He, and uh, John Hyde his name, but pray and hide they called him because he ended up with calluses on his knees like James the Apostle because he prayed so much. Um, they must remind the Lord of his promises. They must give him no rest, give himself no rest until he restores Jerusalem. And praying Hyde um, had become a minister and then he'd gone to India as a missionary. And um, not much was happening there. And this verse grabbed a hold of him. Give me no rest. Give yourself no rest. And praying high, that's why they called him praying high. At the beginning of 1908, he began to pray like he never prayed before. And he said, Lord, 
Give me one soul a day. By December the 31st, he'd recorded over 400 converts. <laughs> the fallen Lord, the Lord laid on his heart two souls per day. And he began to pray again. And the Lord answered. The next year, he prayed four souls daily and similar results. He went to a cottage one day, he said, for water. And he pleaded with God for all the ten people there, ten souls. He presented the gospel to the people and <coughs> nine got saved. Where was the tenth? The nephew had been outside running around. He came in and was promptly converted. Give me no rest. Ooh, Lord. Now we must, we have to be honest, we have not prayed like that. Some of us pray a little bit, but we have given up sometimes on situations, we've given up on people sometimes, haven't we? And we must be honest, but the Lord is, one thing the Lord Jesus did say, press in, persist, be persistent. That, that widow and the unjust judge, he said, she's going to give me a black eye. That's the, the connotation, because she's pounding me so much. She's on the, she's giving, she's nagging me so much. And the Lord uh, longs for us to, to be in his, and of course, uh, many other instances in the word of God with great <coughs> burdens, Hezekiah with the army against him, Samaria when they were locked in, and Elisha said, this time tomorrow, this time tomorrow, hope oh, it'll be plenty. And uh, the armor bearer said, oh, no, he's so soft. He said, if the Lord rained down from heaven, nothing would happen. He said, because of your unbelief, you'll see it, but you won't experience it. And the Bible said he was at the gate, and when the people came running, he was run over. Mm -hmm. um, and we have many others. Daniel, bless the Lord, when he, he felt the burden of restoration, of, 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 of going back, he, he got before the Lord, didn't he, and prayed. And he would not let go until he was broken broken before the Lord. And thankfully again, Jesus is our great example. Jesus is our great example. Um, but more than that, the Bible talks about being uh, broken to a place where we groan. Um, that word there really is um, something that can't be uttered, but um, is such a, a weight. It's an inexpressible feeling of sorrow. It's internal. Um, thankfully the Holy Spirit helps us and brings us to that place but uh, God responds so, so much to this um, Acts 7 33-34 then the Lord said to him take off your sandals the place where you are standing is holy ground I have indeed seen the oppression of my people in Egypt I have heard their groaning and I have come down to set them free now come I will send you back to Egypt he heard their groaning they were so the burden was so heavy that their prayers were sometimes uh, non-verbal, but their heart was groaning under the weight of this slavery, this servitude. Uh, although it's amazing how quickly they changed when they went to the desert, and they they didn't have mourn after, did they? Uh, but the Lord saw, and He was moved. The Bible said, "I've seen their crying, I've seen their groaning, and I moved." Why? Because He promised. I remember my covenant now. And thankfully, uh, the same word, same word is used of us when we seek the Lord, when the Holy Spirit has got a hold of us and we've got a burden. Uh, Romans 8. We learned everything God made has been waiting until now in pain, like a woman ready to give birth. Not only the world, but we also have been waiting with pain inside us. We have the Spirit as the first part of God's promise. 
So they awaited for God to finish making us his own children, which means our bodies will be made free. We were saved and we have this hope. If we see what we are waiting for, that is not really hope. People do not hope for something they already have. But we are hoping for something we do not have yet, have yet, and we are waiting for it patiently. Also the Spirit helps us with our weakness. We do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself speaks to God for us, even begs God for us with deep feelings the words cannot explain. God can see what is in people's hearts and he knows what it is in the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit speaks to God for his people in the way God wants. So the Spirit of the Lord groans within us. Uh, He's taken our, he knows our hearts, isn't he? And we can't fool the Lord, thankfully. He knows where the burden is on our heart. And there's a groaning. There's an, uh, there's a, uh, as the Bible says, the creation is groaning because it wants to be redeemed because it's bound with sin. And uh, we ourselves, if we are the Lord's, we are just longing, 2 Corinthians 5 said, to be transformed, groaning, until we, uh, we are in heaven and we are clothed with righteousness and uh, glorified. Um, but that groaning, that brokenness that brings uh, just... Lord, we absolutely desperate, will not move until you do something in this situation. Um, and thankfully, again, Jesus is our example. Uh, Hebrews 5, verse 7. During the days of Jesus' life, he offered up prayers and petitions with loud cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverence submission. There's Jesus. Loud cries and tears. There is our saviour. There's our example. Loud cry. Why? Because he could see the he could see the, the, the nation. He could see the state of, of Israel. And uh, he said, I'm just longing to fulfill the purposes of God. And of course his prayer, one prayer was, Lord, is there another way? But not my will be all will. And his prayers were answered. Not that he wouldn't face death, because he had to face death and he went to the cross um, loud crying and tears and we see his heart um, for people the Bible we've talked about so many times he was moved with compassion and when he was moved there was a revelation impartation love to meet and minister but it started from a place where he was broken in a sense uh, Bible talks of his agony and his uh, agonizing in the garden agonizing when he wept um, uh, when he went to Lazarus's tomb he was crying. Uh, lots. We talked about lots of reasons why he cried. One was because of the unbelief of the people, unbelief of the people, uh, of who he was and what he came to do. Uh, Matthew twenty-three. Matthew twenty-three. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together. As a hen gathers her chicks mm-hmm. under her wings, but you were not willing. See, your house is left to you desolate. Mm-hmm. For I say to you, you shall see me no more, till you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can't. We see the heart of the Lord before we. <laughs> We see him going um, into the temple and causing havoc. But before he did that, before the whipping, there was a weeping. 
and he wept over, wept over Jerusalem because they were stubborn, they were, they were blind, and that's what they had chosen. And uh, we see the heart of the Lord, and, and that's what he wants to put into us, where we, are, where we feel the burden, uh, lots of different burdens, but it leads us to a place where we are broken before him. Lord, we need you, dependent upon you. Absolutely, uh, we can't do without you. That's what the word means. We can't do without you in every situation. And thankfully, through that, then comes the blessing. Burden to brokenness to the blessing of God. The blessing of God. Isaiah, 50, uh, Isaiah 66, actually. Isaiah 66, 1 and 2. This is what the Lord says. Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house you will build for me? Where will my resting place be? Has not my hand made all these things? And so they came into being, declares the Lord. These are the ones I look on with favour, those who are humble and contrite in spirit and who tremble at my word. These are the people I regard, I look on, look on, not just look on, look on with favour. Hallelujah. Those humble, contrite in spirit and tremble at my word. Yeah. See, when we, when we are broken before him, his word is so powerful and so vital and so, uh, the word's authoritative. It is all in all. Um, his heart is for the sacrifices of God are what? David said, he knew all about this, David. He was broken before God because of his sin. Different type of brokenness, but still uh, the sacrifice of God or a broken spirit, a contrite heart, he will not despise. Loves to see that. Um, Isaiah 57. And it will be said, build up, build up, prepare the road, remove the obstacles out of the way of my people. For this is what the high and lofty one says. He who lives forever, whose name is holy, I will, I live for in the high and holy place, but also with him who is contrite and glory in spirit, to revive the spirit of the lowly, and to revive the heart of the contrite. Those who are broken, contrite, the Lord abides with, and he revives. Just read Joel 2. Rend your heart and not your garment, and I will pour out. I will revive you. I, perhaps he will leave a blessing behind, didn't it? Uh, he's using, again, that kind of uh, uh, under, under, understating who God is. But perhaps he'll leave a blessing as he goes by. <laughs> and he does. More than a blessing. Thankfully, as we look at those people who had burdens, and those nations had burdens, the Jews, they had a burden, the groaning. There was release. Jacob, I will not let you go. The blessing of God came. That was the, the, the answer to the, the, the prayer. But again, through that, God was working in that person, wasn't he? Created a new nature in Jacob. Abraham, uh, well, the Lord saved his family. But out of that, he became a friend of God. Someone who was closer to the Lord than ever before. Um, uh, Nehemiah, well, he was the man that the Lord chose. Uh, because he had the burden. The Lord had broken him. The Lord may could have used anyone else, but he said, perhaps I'll use Nehemiah because Nehemiah has that burden. He was only praying for something. He, he, in, in fact, he probably didn't even think he, he wasn't a builder. Um, he, he had a, a good job in, in uh, where he was. Wasn't interested in sense, but he had a burden. And through that burden, God built it up and used him personally. Daniel, he prayed and there was return. 
uh, uh, the blessing of the return of the people. Uh, although, as we know, don't think Daniel ever returned, do we? And of course, Jesus, in his uh, burden and his prayer, uh, won salvation for us. And the, the left, the blessing is the church. The church. His prayers were answered because the church is here now. And he promised to build his church. So, our, our key, I suppose, to uh, blessing effective prayer is feeling the burden of the Lord, feeling a burden from the Lord. And that brings us to a place where we are absolutely needing him, pleading with him in his presence, broken before him. Yeah, there's a time when we need to cry, isn't it? Some of us cry easily, some of us don't cry much at all. But if Jesus did, then we've got to learn to have our hearts broken sometimes, haven't we? Um, and be uh, ready to meet the need and to, to feel the heart of the Lord. And of course, out of the brokenness, God changes us, but God begins to change us and melt us and, more and become more like him. And the blessing of God, he will be with us, he will revive, he will uh, regard. I love those. And uh, why? Because we have uh, put ourselves in the presence of the, God, of the Lord. Give yourself no rest. Give him no rest. Oh, bless the Lord, until he uh, restores Jerusalem, he said. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. To find out more about our church, including our service times, visit www.oakdalechristiancentre.org.